morning, or oh, this is rather strange, good afternoon, evening, it'll all become clear in a second. I'm actually recording or re-recording this opening segment of this episode because it seems to be that uh, the original recording um, somehow didn't record. <laughs> I'm doing really well with this whole process, aren't I? I think there's about 14 seconds of the original one recorded, but because I wanted to include what you'll discover is the second and third segments of today's podcast, I thought I'd do a quick re-record of it because it mainly related to something I'm referring to here as Sherlock Holmes puzzle. Um, And it's something that I was given as a present as part of um, Father's Day present this year. And again, forgive me for a little bit kind of absent-minded. I'm walking through a bookshop at this stage in an attempt to find particular puzzle because it's something that was bought to me I had it in the car this morning I was reading it through ahead of what you'll discover is the second segment and I wanted to just kind of get out there this, this idea of this puzzle one that was kind of playing my mind and I, and I haven't yet looked at the answer I'm hoping if I walk through and find it here in this bookshop which is not just any bookshop it happens to be foils on Tottenham Court Road in London as um, oh, that's interesting I had to walk past uh, <laughs> So the interesting thing there is I just walked past some books on magic. Not that I was looking for them. Um, I'll come back and look at this in a second. So really, I don't think I'm going to find this puzzle. I've got a feeling if I did find it, it'd be all wrapped up so I couldn't access it. It was puzzle number 10 in this pack of puzzles by, well, not by Sherlock Holmes. They are pulled together from stories from Sherlock Holmes, I think. And this particular one is Dr. Watson pr- proposing to, um, not proposing, because that sounds like he's asking to marry him. Uh, just suggesting, putting out the the, 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 uh, the questioning to Sherlock Holmes, where, and again, I, I'm not able to now actually give the precise wording. Maybe on a set one, I need to do a precise wording for this. But imagine you, there's a, there's a person who has been um, given some food, and as a direct consequence of eating that food, that person has died. But some of the contingencies or conditions are that um, they ate the food successfully. So it wasn't that they choked on it. It wasn't as if somebody came back later looking for the food. So some consequences there. If they had not eaten the food, then their death would have been averted. I think was one wording they use. Um, and uh, therefore their death would have been delayed. So I'll attempt maybe, as and when we get to the point where we give out the answer, um, then see if I can get the full wording but that's the essence of it Um, and the idea was I haven't yet looked at the answer so a lot of these cards have just the answers on the back and you can look at the answers and look at the answer straight away I made a point of not looking at this answer to see if I can go with uncertainty for a little bit longer can I go without knowing the answer for a bit longer but if you happen to know the answer then by all means answers on a postcard too uh, and you can send them to, for example, if you really want to, not that any of you will, but if anybody at any point in the future decides to say, I'd like to suggest that I know the answer to that one, then you can send it to me at care of Buckinghamshire New University, the School of Human and Social Sciences, and the actual address there is Queen Alexandra Road in High Wycombe, and the postcode, I believe, is HP12, no, HP11 to JZ, I think. Anyway, not that anybody's going to actually send it. If you also have any ideas or any suggestions or any hints, 
then again answer on a postcard or let me know some other way whether it's through the messaging here on anchor if you're listening to it in that way or whichever podcast um, platform you're using you're listening from anyway i wanted to have a quick record of that i know it's not ideal i've done it later in the same day just so i can end this segment pass on to the next segment which is me um driving but not to work uh, on this occasion and the context will be revealed it was monday morning uh, early monday morning um and say so there was a great great segment recorded but never quite got properly edited onto the, the podcast these are early days folks on this podcast i'm just playing around with it seeing how we get on so there you go have a think about that uh, any thoughts let me know um and i'll see you after this very short break bye bye for now So, if you have any suggestions about the answer to that puzzle, then let me know. Um, so, I'm particularly keen, actually, if you're able to give me some clues before I can figure out the answer. Uh, or if you have the answer, answer the postcard to, I want to say, the usual address. I'm going to have it as the university address, uh, which is Bucks New University. I said, hi, Wickham, and uh, put my name on it. Hopefully, it'll find its way to me. It's in a school of human and social sciences, and the postcode is HP112JZ. Uh, so, as I said, and as you may be able to hear, I'm now in the car. So, some of the recent episodes, I've been walking, walking and talking around the local neighbourhood. Um, and when I haven't been doing that, the usual context of this podcast has, and I suspect, continued into the future will be on drives to and from work. Well, it is Monday morning, and I is now just gone six o'clock, six a.m. as I go past a vet's. Interestingly, maybe in the coming weeks, months, years, we'll need to go and uh, frequent once we get Ziggy. Um, so rather than uh, walking around the neighborhood, I'm gonna drive around the neighborhood a little bit. Um, and you'll need to understand why. We don't need to understand why. I'm going to tell you why, whether you want to know or not. If you don't want to know, by all means, switch off and go and do something less boring instead. Um, the reason why, so the context is, I would have normally got up at whatever time, think, oh, right, okay, going to go and have a walk and record a podcast episode, as has been my want over the past few days. Um, but I couldn't do that this morning. So that's your first little puzzle. I wonder why I couldn't do that this morning. Dot, dot, dot. I'll tell you. I couldn't do it because I didn't have my phone. I record these things on my phone. Where was your phone, Matthew? I hear you ask. That's a very good question, which is why, and I'm pleased you asked it. So the question is, where was my phone? Um, It was in the car. Oh, I see, so you just went outside to get the car. Well, not wasn't quite as straightforward as that because the car wasn't outside our house. We'd left it outside a friend's house yesterday evening um, after we'd had a few drinks there and it was only a five to 10 minute walk, a five minute walk around the corner. So we thought we'd leave the car there. Um, it just so happens, mistakenly, I left my phone in there. 
So I could have walked around again once I realised later this evening to get it. In fact, the friends had offered us, offered to us to bring it round. However, um, I pause each time when I mention someone's name. So at this stage, I'm not using pseudonyms, pseudonyms um, because I'm hopeful, I'm trusting this person won't mind me using a name. I hope anyway. So, um, Andrash. So I've been calling him Andrash, but it's Andrash. Andrash. Okay, so that's where that road is. Um, and he is, um, I'm going to say, a very good friend of ours. He and his wife. And again, partly was me trying to learn yesterday exactly how to pronounce their names. I think I've been saying them both incorrectly for a while. Uh, so Andrash. Andrash. I think it's Andrash. Andrash, Andrash, Andrash is um, the gentleman who then actually gave us a lift back home, even though only five minutes away, gave us a lift back home. Um, and, and I'll explain why in a second. And his um, wife is, I want to say Sabina, which is what I've been calling her, and it's Sabina. Sabina, 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 and Andrash. And they are both Hungarian and has a fantastic food. Um, this is where I can start plugging other social media accounts, can't I, if I wish to. Uh, so, for example, if you if you found me on Instagram, yeah, even using Instagram these days, you'll see uh, a lovely image of the food that Andrash was cooking, which was on, well, I want to try and find out what the name of it was, the name of a certain type of barbecue, but it wasn't clear that it had a certain type of name. So it's, uh, unless you know differently, it's uh, a tripod that had essentially the, a, a bowl or something, a, a, a tray hanging down from the tripod, underneath which you had then the coals. So it's effectively a barbecue, but it to me looked like a special type of barbecue. And I wondered if it was a Hungarian thing. Um, not sure if it was, it didn't have a particular name. And in fact, the nice story there was when asking about um, you know, in, in Hungary, then what kind of barbecues you might have, the story seemed to be that actually what was quite common, people would just make their own barbecues. So rather than you go and buy a particular barbecue like you would in this country, uh, this type of barbecue, and it's simply a tray you know, with some grills, uh, it seemed to be quite common, particularly in, in on, you know, around farm areas, you would take stuff from around your locale, your farm, your environment, and, and use that to build, create a barbecue, which I love that idea. Um, so that was that, that was lovely. So look for the, uh, some fantastic mushrooms that are being cooked there, really amazing. Uh, and the chicken, and it's with some Hungarian spice, and it is delicious. So that's what we did yesterday evening, hadn't been planned. It's because we've been at a party earlier in the day for Connie, and that was at a, a park where there's a splash pool and a play area, so we kind of kick around there for a little bit. And then as the weather got better into the afternoon, um, we, we settled on the... I think I, think I may have seeded uh, the possibility by saying, oh, we were, we were planning to do a barbecue with some chicken and use the recipe that um, we'd got from Sabina and Andras. Uh, with some Hungarian spice mix, so we talked about doing that. But we actually haven't got our own barbecue at the moment, that's sitting at Rachel's dad's house. So once we're into the new house, we can do barbecues there, so we can return the favour. 
On this occasion, we then, uh, because Andras and Sabina do lots of barbecues, um, cooking the, in the garden over the summer, we did that basically. The upshot was, had a few drinks, decided not to drive back, leave the car there, but rather than just walking home, which literally was fun, it walked around the corner, Andras offered to give us a lift home, and the reason why I was quite keen to take it is so that I could have a ride in the big car. So, Andras also has an Audi. He has an Audi Q7, which makes the A3 look like a, a tiny little mini. And I love the A3, we've loved this car for the nearly 200,000 miles we've driven it. Um, but Q7, I'm not sure if it's the biggest one. I'm not sure if there's a Q9 or even a Q8. Uh, but the Q7 may be the biggest of all the different Q2, 3, 4, 5, 6s and so on. I'm not sure there's one for every number. But Q7, great big, seven-seater, 4x4. It's either like a tank, a bus. Uh, inside, it's like a limousine. It's lovely, very plush. So I was very happy to accept the trip around the corner. So thank you, Andres, for that. I therefore thought it wasn't appropriate. So, oh, yeah, bring my phone around as well. And by the time I got home, I wasn't that bothered about walking around. I thought, I'll go around in the morning and get it. Which is what I've done. I walked around, picked up the car, picked up the phone. And, of course, the phone, not of course, but the phone was without any charge whatsoever so I've been charging it in the car hence rather than me just picking the car uh, picking the phone up and just having a wander around and doing a, a, a um, podcast that way I thought of a quick drive around the neighbourhood um, don't want to go to work yet in fact I'm not going into work today not going to the university so I thought I'd just drive around let the phone charge a little bit record a podcast and do it that way so there you go explanation okay okay is that okay, everybody? Um, and interestingly now, so I'm now driving somewhere I don't normally drive, and I'm hoping to find something out by driving around this way about a golf, a golfing range, a driving range, and there was a nine-hole golf course up these, these around these parts, up this road, which I'm told isn't here anymore. So maybe six years ago, seven, eight years ago, maybe even, I think probably before Connie was born, on rare occasions, there was a little nine-hole par three course up here. I may have even already gone past it, I don't know. But I've been told it's not there anymore, sadly. It's because it was council on, I think, the building houses on it. So I was going to have a look at that one. Um, but already already something of interest happened. It's of interest to me. So when I went to pick up the car and drive around, I thought, oh, actually, I can drive out this way, just along here are some tennis courts. Um, so, again, forgive me if I've already mentioned it, but as one of my presents for my birthday a couple of weeks ago, um, my mum and dad got me a tennis racket. It's indicated that would be quite nice to have a tennis racket. I had the opportunity to maybe play some tennis. I was quite keen to play some tennis. Having not really played hardly at all in my life, but as a kid, played a little bit. He went to some little sort of summer tennis camp. Um, and enjoyed it and then as an adult I've hardly played at all um, I remember mum and dad playing when I was a kid and they'd go up and book a, a local tennis court typically over in Gorsworth near Macclesfield um, and with friends they would go and play over summer's evening it was glorious, often go and sit and watch and on one occasion I remember walking back from Gorsworth to Macclesfield so obviously I guess on that time I, I didn't find it that interesting to watch. I was quite happy to 
to walk back all the way from Gorswood to Macclesfield. It was quite a long walk, I discovered. Um, but anyway, so because there were these tennis courts around the corner, I thought, oh, that's interesting, I could go there. The tennis racket and balls, so it was tennis racket and balls that I was very kindly purchased, were in the boot. So I thought, well, this isn't something I can do. I could go onto those courts, which happen to be open and free to use. Um, and after playing tennis last week, for the first time, as a guest of one of my former students, she very kindly offered me to take me as a guest to her club, to David Lloyd Club. Oh, as I go all the way around this roundabout, turn around. Um, I was discovering, yeah, one thing I really need some practice at was, ten- was uh, for tennis, yes, absolutely need some practice at tennis, but particularly at serving. So I thought well, maybe I could just do a little few practice serves there, which is what I've just done. So maybe 20 minutes doing that. So that's already had knock-on impact, so it's now, you know, before even 6 o'clock in the morning, rather than lying in bed feeling anxious, I managed to go up and do a little bit of exercise and practice some tennis, and discovering two more things... Well, three things. One, it's open in the morning at that time and free, so I could go do that when I want a, if I, you know, a bit of practice. That would help, help me improve my tennis. I also discovered, importantly, at those same tennis courts, there's four courts there, on a Saturday morning between 10 and 11 a.m., they have something called Park Tennis, which is free. So I'm going to look up parktennis.org. Um, and... Uh, maybe maybe not this Saturday because possibly other things going on but hopefully it's a regular thing over the summer go along to that and that's another way of practicing some tennis playing some tennis no, no cost meeting other people so that's something I discovered and then also once I got back into the car um, and in fact just before I was recording that segment at the beginning the first segment about Mr Holmes and his puzzle what you think again wonder what that food was. Was it food? Was it normal food? What was special about that food? Or the context in which eating that food? Being distracted now. Um, so, park tennis. I'm going to learn about that and I'm going to find out more about it. As I got back into the car before I started recording, I also saw two other men appear in separate cars into the car park. So I thought, oh, hello, what's going on here then? Um, and... It discovered that I thought they were going to do a run together, you know, they're into the tennis court. I thought maybe it's a boot camp, but it wasn't, so there were just two of them. Um, one of them being a personal trainer, the other one being a personal trainee, or the person who is seeking the personal trainer. The personal trainer person had lots of stuff in their boot of their car, their, their small, nondescript car, can't remember what it was. Whereas the person who's obviously receiving the training, paying for it, in a nice, shiny, big Range Rover. So I think I'd rather aspire to be the person, the shiny, big Range Rover, who can pay for a personal trainer, um, rather than the personal trainer himself. Just just my own personal interest there, personal preference. Um, So whilst not in a position to seek out a personal trainer, Interestingly, have I done the wrong thing here? Sorry, if I should be giving away. Um, going over a little bridge where it's narrow and the other people can come over first. Um, at the gym I've joined at the university, I can, you can get personal trainers there. Um, and it's probably more cost effective than other places. And 
uh, but I'm not going to do that. One thing they do, I'm already getting, I believe, some kind of personal training. I've got a personal training program being created for me. And uh, so I'm just trying to figure out where I am. because I've had a few, what I call, wrong turns. I'm not going down the road I meant to do. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out where I am. So, not a personal trainer, but I am going to do the boot camp. I think I can probably, I think the boot camp will be happening again this Friday. So I wasn't able to do it last Friday. I think I can this Friday. I'm possibly planning to be in the university. And if so, I'll go in there nice and early and do boot camp again, because I did enjoy that. I think it's important to do it. So that was a reminder there to A, go to boot camp on Friday, and B, put in the diary to go to the gym on Wednesday morning, which is my intention. But I think part of the message is, part of the lesson is to, to put it in your diary. So coming back to where I'm in driving, so I've obviously I've gone past, I've missed where that place was looking for. I'm now driving back along that road. I then went on a roundabout, but then quickly went to automatic pilot, came out of that roundabout without thinking of it, and wasn't the way back. So I had to find my way back to this road. So coming back along uh, what is effectively, I think, called Watford Road. And I'm looking for what would have been, so I'm not convinced, I've not no idea where it is then, or where it would have been. There used to be a driving range along here, on one side of the road, and a nine hole, par three, lovely little golf course on the other side of the road, all part of the same thing. And I have been, have been told, well it's now either no longer there or it's being built upon. Um, but I don't know where it would even have been. So I've driven, maybe I've gone the wrong direction completely. So I'm going along this way. If I suddenly go, oh, there it is, then I've discovered it. If I don't do that, it means I've gone past it with no idea of where it is or might have been. So with it being a Monday morning, um, oh, I see two dogs crossing the road up there. Two dogs seems to be a bit of a theme sometimes here. So there's two dogs there. Can I see what they are? Are they both Labradors? They look like, you know, like some kind of special kind of breed there. Maybe a crossbreed of some sort. They're running off to go and uh, play their games. Um, there's two dogs there. I mentioned the two dogs joke in a previous episode. If you haven't heard that, by all means go back to it. I can't now remember which episode it's in. Somebody might leave a comment somehow, somewhere to, to remind us all of that. And I'm still on this road where I can't see where this would have been. Ah! Almost hit a pigeon. <laughs> There's a cemetery there. Where would it have been? Is it along here? Sorry now, I'm getting distracted now. I just wondered where it would have been. That's completely thrown me, that then don't know where that would have been. I'm going to go along this road in case it's further along here. Um, so, distraction, distraction, distraction. Don't know what I was talking about. Oh, dogs. Two dogs, and then two dogs has come in another context, which will be a, become apparent in due course. And no, it's not to do with getting another dog. In fact, another context that came about was with um, Sabina and Andrash. They have a dog. They have a large white dog called Max, Maxi, um, who is a Labradoodle, I think, and he's quite, he's pretty big. He's only a year old, and he's um, already pretty big, and he's, I use the word skittish. He's so excited all the time and jumping around. Um, he's lovely, and we thought it'd be quite nice when, as and when the time is right, for him to meet Ziggy, so they can get used to each other. Now, Ziggy is a little black dog, and in fact, of course, he's going to be tiny, as a pup, 
Um, so there'll be a nice point where we get them to meet and um, um, it'll be great. So a very big dog. So two dogs. I can't remember the, can't remember the saying here. So someone who's listening to this will, will, will tell me the saying. But he'll be, he'll be interested that it's two dogs and one of them's a blacken and one of one's a whiten. Uh-huh, uh-huh, you get me? Many of you going, I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Um, well, two dogs will know, won't you, two dogs? So there you go. So I'm getting all very cryptic now, and I'm going to get to hit another roundabout. So I've gone along this road. I've no idea where that um, driving range and golf course, nine-hole golf course, was. It's quite clearly not there anymore, but I didn't see anything that suggested, ah, okay, it's that now. It's been changed. So... I'm going to go around this roundabout one more time, but not to go and look again. I'm going to go up to another place where I can hopefully get a very nice view over London. Then we'll pause there and uh, probably take a break, and then we'll probably start heading back home. Um, and we'll maybe give the... Is there a theme to this podcast? Is there a theme to any of these things? I don't know. I need to still come up with a name for each episode. So the first part, I had a little bit of Sherlock Holmes. This bit is me doing my own little detective work. Hardly, not much of a detective. Um, see if I can find where this golf course was. So again, if I had that little Minty goes in front of me, drives past. Minty, it's a mint-coloured Fiat 500. Known around these parts as a Minty. Um, so I'm going back up to another little roundabout. I've got a choice. Do I have a coin to flip? Okay, I do. Right, but I'm not going to do it while driving along, am I? Will I do that? No, that'd be a bad idea. So in a second, I'm going to get to this roundabout. I'm going to flip the coin, and I'm either going to go straight on, it's head straight on, to keep looking for this, whatever it's called, golf course, where it was, um, and or turn right up the hill to look at a view. So where can I pull over? Uh, let me just pull over here for now. Don't want to get somebody's way. Just a bit out of the way a little bit. So heads straight on, tails right. That's it. Head straight on, tails right. Tails right. So I'm going to go up the hill. So today I'm not going to be looking for that golf course. Not to be discovered today. It will remain a mystery. Um, so maybe I could call this a magical mystery tour. Well, there's a bit of a mystery to it. But is it magical? That's for you to decide. Um, I think I know the answer already. But I'm going to go up here, pull into a little place where it's a night. Again, there'll be lots of dog walkers up here, I suspect, because it'd be a nice place to walk a dog. So, something to remember for the future. Um, so, maybe there's a bit of a mystery about this one. The mystery being, so I'll call it Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, whether any magic occurs between now and the end of the, the podcast episode, we shall see. You might argue it's all magical. You might choose to argue or believe that anything and everything is imbibed with magic, or you might think there's, you might not believe in magic at all. There's no such thing as magic. You might not believe in Father Christmas. Mm. In which case, who brings all those presents then? How do they all get into the tree? Explain me that one and remain fashionable. Um, so, where does the magic come from? And those of you, in fact, I was going to talk about magic. That's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. So maybe once we get up to this uh, point of point of view, this viewpoint, I'll pause at that point, and maybe the final segment will have a magic theme 
because that is actually all very relevant because there's a magic there's a magic link to the today there's a more general thing I'd like to talk about magic um, I suspect magic will be a theme that will come up throughout the podcast I don't think I mentioned it yet so I'm going to just pull over into here so there's a little car park where I thought there'd be more people at this point so there's one person over there there's some there's something smouldering away bizarrely so I'm going to drive past that so what's that then there's a there's a there's a great big log that's smouldering away but it's a it's like a, I don't know it's like someone's having a huge fire um anyway let me do that I'm going to pull the car up have the view take a look at this smouldering log it's like a burning bush and um, decide we're going to head back and we're taking the view so see you shortly well how's that for a bit of weirdness so I got out of the car just to have a little look at this smoking log. It was a great big tree trunk that was just smouldering away. Um, and as I got out of the car to take a photograph, which I did, so I have taken a photograph of it and even a short video of it. I thought it was quite interesting. And literally as I was doing that, turn around and a fire engine pulls up. Um, there now seems to be four fire firemen, firefighters, um, that are now working on it to put it out. And of course, then it's just a, it's just a smouldering log. That's all it is. Whereas to me, it's like this is like a bizarre thing. Why, why would you get a great big tree trunk that's just smouldering? It's for the side of the car park. It's bizarre. So I spoke to one of them saying, "So any idea what it's? Oh, it just would have been someone yesterday, probably having a barbecue, or something, or left a cigarette there, and it will just be." smouldering away so obviously that's something they're very used to somebody reported to them this morning and they've literally turned up seconds after I got there so I was quite keen to just find the film I can't remember what I filmed now I was, I, you get very self-conscious when they're going okay do you really want to film this as far as they're concerned so it's any of these things isn't it they're putting out fires people come along and all oh, there's a fire I'll take a photograph of it I just thought it was very very strange seeing this smouldering log and literally they turned up to put it out so I did photograph it um, don't know why you need to know that. And uh, apart from whether or not I put it on Instagram, you can find your way to Instagram. I just don't know how to search for me on it. I, I'm Dr. Matthew Smith, D-R-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S-M-I-T-H. Uh, I don't know if you need to look for an at in front of that or a hashtag or something else. Somebody will let me know. But that's where I'm on um, Instagram. And as they disappear off and as they walk off, it makes me think of Ghostbusters. Uh, our astronauts are walking off in their great big firefighting um, kit. If I'd had a certain degree of uh, confidence or whatever, I'd have tried to get selfies with them and take photographs of them. Um, but I don't know if they're that bothered about it. They're just doing their work, aren't they? Uh, they've been up all night, no doubt. This is a, a shout for them at least, but it's not a very interesting one. There's now a wet log by the car. So in a minute, I'll head back and maybe take a photograph of that and keep driving back home. But in the meantime, then I thought come, the spot I wanted to come to was a little spot where you can come out here and it's beautiful. So having just seen a guy doing his personal training down the tennis court and obviously doing boot camps, this would be a great spot for a boot camp on a morning like this. Okay, there's a bit of rubbish around, maybe you can turn it the rubbish. But still, you can find a spot here where 
you could even just do a bit of yoga, a bit of exercise. That's what I could do now, couldn't I? But I'm not going to. I could put a little Joe Wicks on, couldn't I? On my, on my YouTube, on my phone. Maybe I'll do that one morning. Um, but the view out is towards Harrow on the Hill. And on a clear morning this morning, you can see Harrow on the Hill and Harrow in front of it would be. I'm not sure if that's the general direction of London. Well, I can see an aeroplane coming into land, so that'd be going into Andover Heathrow in the distance. I'm just trying to see if I could possibly see. Can you see Wembley from here? Probably not this direction, maybe it could be somewhere else. And the nice thing about here, there are walks all around here, so I think a certain little Zigmeister is going to like his walks around here, as am I. Um, so that's good. So that's where I wanted to be up here, just to pause, have a little look around. I didn't expect to see a smouldering log. It wasn't part of what I thought you'd be seeing. Um, so what I'm going to do now is quickly head back into the car, drive back home, and I'll just, to, to give a reason for this to be a magical mystery tour, we'll talk a little bit about magic. But I don't think I have mentioned magic on this podcast yet. Um, and by magic, I'm particularly referring to, I often used to say to people, oh, I'm interested in magic as in conjuring magic. So not to be confused with magic that isn't conjuring, I don't know. Quite keen to sort of point that out. Um, so I'm just gonna walk past this, uh, what was a smouldering log, and it's now the very, so you'll see in the background there, take a photograph. It's, oh, it's actually still it's a slight bit, but it's all very damp, soaking wet, it's all been put out. Although it is still ever so slightly smouldering but you do wonder then if that's been a barbecue there's no sign of anything in it there's even firefighters just get used to these things but there's quite a big patch there that it's affected and smouldered away at um if someone's just done that from leaving a cigarette or an untended barbecue and driving off not good in fact all this side of it is um yeah so, let's do that with the view in the background. Okay, so, very strange. I thought it was quite strange. That's a bit of a, is that a, does that make this a magical mystery tour? A magical smoking log? Well, of course, the um, firefighters will say there's nothing magical about it. Just some idiot left a cigarette or whatever. I say idiot, even I'm judging, am I? Maybe it was a pure, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's a burning bush. Maybe it's spontaneously combusted. Maybe, no one will know, but not anymore, it's been put out. So that was interesting, I literally got out there, they turned up. So we're gonna do a drive back towards the house and end this episode with a brief mention of magic um, because it is something I have had a long-term interest in as a kid. Um, and I'll mention the context of today and something happening this summer, as I hope will be a, a context to reignite my interest in magic in fact it already has done so um i'm, I'm guessing this oh that's it. hey so now i'm just go... the title for this segment can be smoke and mirrors because we've had some smoke there from the smoking log but smoke and mirrors is obviously a term relating to magic it's all done by smoke and mirrors um which is the way out of here then i'll turn around again so and that's been used in an exhibition that is currently on at the time of recording in London at the Welcome Building on the psychology of magic. So it's called Smoke and Mirrors, the Psychology of Magic. 
It's a whole exhibition display about that. Um, and with a focus primarily on you know, why is it we're deceived? What is it about magic tricks or, or magic or related things that, you know, from a psychological perspective, explain why we are deceived, why it's so effective? Um, but I believe it's, a, it's an exhibition that has had a little bit of controversy, at least amongst the, let's use the phrase, magical fraternity. Did you realise there was a magical fraternity? I'm saying, a magical fraternity. I'm not sure if it's the magic fraternity or the magical fraternity. It's a weird word, but basically, magicians around the world, particularly around the country, and particularly in relation to the magic circle. So I think many of you will have heard of. Oh, this is interesting. Actually, I'm going to do something else here. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit confused here now. This is a magical mystery tour. Only because I'm looking up to the right here and I'm going up to a pub I've never been into. It's called The Case is Altered. Now, I may be completely wrong, but The Case is Altered, I've got a feeling that's a phrase from a Sherlock Holmes. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll Google it later or you can search for it and let me know. Uh, the Case is Altered, is that a name of a particular Sherlock Holmes story? Perhaps, I don't know. Um, so interestingly, I'm now doing another magical mystery tour because I was going to go left down the hill and now I've gone right the other way. So this is taking another different direction just because I want to drive past the pub, which happens to have a link to Sherlock Holmes. Going back to the smoke and mirrors and magic, the psychology of magic. Um, I believe the exhibition at the Welcome Building has had a little bit of controversy amongst magicians because of exposure. And by that, we don't mean somebody taking their trousers off when they shouldn't do, walking down the street. Uh, I don't think that's the issue. In magic, the issue of exposure is, of course, to do with giving away secrets. One of the big things of magic, the, way, the reason it works so well, is, is that you, there are secrets involved and you need to be able to keep your secrets. You need to not, not be able to reveal what it is that you've done, how you've done it. So... Yeah, and in fact, some people would say, as soon as you discover the secret, the magic goes away completely. <laughs> and yes, Dad, I'm thinking of you. As someone as a kid, I would show magic to, and immediately want to say, can I show you how it's done, Dad? Can I show you how it's done? And he didn't want to know. He said, no, 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 I don't want to know. I like not knowing. Because once you know the secret, it's like, well, that's the mystery, the magic's gone. Um, whereas for me, it isn't completely. I think for people who are into magic and performing magic, well, actually discovering the secret, learning the magic, performing it, um, it is, is, is continues to be part of the magic. So, but it's interesting, isn't it, this idea of the extent to which you don't tell secrets, you don't reveal your secrets. So the classic line would be, well, I can't tell you the secret because I'm in the magic circle and one of the basic rules of being in the magic circle is you don't reveal your secrets. You keep the secrets of magic um, within the fraternity, within the, the, uh, the brotherhood even. These are very male-oriented words, aren't they? The International Brotherhood of Magicians. Is that still going? Um, magical, I think the word is fraternity. It's another brotherhood word, isn't it? Oh, look at that, magic spectacular. I'm going past a bus that says magic spectacular, the illusionist, direct from Broadway. Um, uh, sorry, I got excited by that. A big advert on the side of the bus saying about the illusionists, which is a, a stage show in, Man in not Manchester, in London happening. So that's okay, you might argue, well, that's quite likely. It's probably lots of those adverts on lots of buses, but 
just as I was talking about it, big bus about illusionist, it'd be great if it said magical mystery tour, wouldn't it? That'd be even better. Um, so what I was saying, revealing your secrets, you don't do it. The psychology of magic, the smoke and mirrors um, exhibition, if you were to visit it, you will discover there are some secrets being revealed. Both very specific secrets of certain types of magic tricks, and I would say more, more, more generally, and perhaps more helpfully or more interestingly from a psychological perspective, there's some discussion of general principles of magic and deception. So we're talking about things like misdirection. You might heard the term that people, you get misdirected um, by, I'm gonna go this way. You get misdirected by magicians, they're very good at misdirecting you, which often makes it sound like it's just distracting you, as I tend to be good at, I distract myself. I misdirect myself at times, in that you get distracted, your attention gets taken somewhere else, and, and away, from the, away from the method, away from how it's being done, and towards what magicians call the effect. What, what effect am I trying to create here? So the effect and the method are two related but separate parts. The effect is what appears to be happening to the spectator, to the viewer, to the audience, and the method is how you as the magician are accomplishing that. Um, so often when you read about magic tricks and magic books and discover how they're done and read how to learn them, it will, it will tell you first, here's the effect, here's what you see, and you go, oh, that's interesting, I'd like to learn how it's done, then you read the method that explains how it's done. Um, so I think the exhibition, which is free, it runs until September 2019, not sure the Pacific date without checking it out, um, and uh, there you will discover some secrets of magic. You will discover particularly elements to do with attention, so things like um, misdirection will relate to where people are directing their attention, memory, we remember things a certain way and often incorrectly, and magicians are quite good at capitalising upon that and using that accordingly. Um, and other bits as well, but also one interesting thing is, if you find yourself going to this exhibition, and please do, the next quiz there for you is, see if you can spot me in it. So as a reminder, my name is Matthew Smith. Uh, you will find my name somewhere in that exhibition. And when I went to view it, it surprised me. I wasn't expecting it there. So my name is there alongside others. And your clue may well be, there's another name being mentioned in an earlier podcast that it relates to, relates to my work with that person. So that's your clue. Uh, so my name is there. And just alongside it, there is a video clip of something taking place in which I appear. In fact, I would say my involvement in that clip is key to what's going on there. But I'm not, you might not recognise me, and I don't think my name is associated with that clip. So there you go. If you find yourself going to, um, to the Smoke and Mirrors exhibition, then see if you can see that. So Smoke and Mirrors, and the reason why it's relating to today is that I am going to go and visit... Goldsmiths College, University of London. I'm not sure it's still called Goldsmiths College. Always used to be called Goldsmiths College or one of the University of London colleges. It might now simply be called Goldsmiths University of London. It's on the other, other end of London, on the other side of London. And it does remind me of an erstwhile colleague of mine who, when I mentioned about Goldsmiths College years ago, 25 years ago, said, oh, where's that? It's in New Cross, isn't it? Oh my God, that's the arse end of London. 
So there you go. Those of you living in New Cross, do you believe that? But it's a lot. It must be. No, it's not there, is it? I'm trying to think. I've just driven past where they're building some houses where it may have been that golf course, but uh, I don't think it was there. So I'm now driving past that, that road again one more time just in case. Um, so that's the magical mystery shore side of it. It is. It, it seeds a whole discussion about magic. We had smoke. Uh, I look into my rear view mirror and see a car behind me. So we've had mirrors, we've had illusionists on the side of the bus, um, and today I'll be meeting with one of the people who is heavily featured in the Smoke and Mirrors exhibition, and I'll discover how much he's been behind the whole thing, really, because, um, or involved with it, but he features quite heavily in it. I don't think he has created it, I think it's been curated by people that welcome. I think it was their idea to do something, I suspect they would have contacted various people to contribute to the exhibition, um, and one of whom is the person I'm seeing today, and his name is Gustav Kuhn, K-U-H-N. He's a reader in psychology at Goldsmiths University of London, and he has written extensively about magic, the psychology of magic, and in fact, one of the events I went to earlier this year was one in which he was launching his new book called Experiencing the Impossible. So something, if you want to learn more about these ideas, again, that's a great book to get your hands on. Um, okay, so I'll leave it there. That's your Magical Mystery Tour. I've driven again along this road. I haven't found the golf course that never was. Maybe it never existed. Maybe I just, maybe it's like Brigadoon. Maybe I imagined it. Maybe it was there and now it's no longer there and it'll never to be seen again. Or maybe I'm just making things up as I go along. Never. I would I do that? So on that note, that bombshell, I'll say thank you very much. Thanks for sticking with this one, if you have. I think probably all three bits have been pieced together. It's going to be quite a long one. Um, but uh, that's a Monday morning for you. So have a nice day. Have a nice week. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye for now.